I was like, can you tell me what you're talking about um, by chance? So she like, sends me the article. And I was like, Eric, like, <laughs> our cabin is in the Vogue article right now. And he was like, you know, we're both like half asleep. We didn't go to sleep for a long time, but we were like, oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Cruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. In just a moment, you meet Stephanie Gutierrez, the creator of North Country Cabin Company, a boutique collection of short-term rentals located just 90 minutes from Minnesota's Twin Cities in Comstock, Wisconsin. Growing up, Stephanie wanted to be an artist. Her grandmother had an incredible eye for art and design, and Stephanie dreamed of emulating her one day. And while she didn't become a professional artist per se, her knack for creativity would wind up leading her to launch a boutique hospitality company in partnership with her husband, Eric. In this episode, Stephanie and I discussed how and why she and Eric got into short-term rentals, the story behind how they found their first cabin and what it took to get it Airbnb ready, whether building from the ground up or renovating an existing cabin yields a more profitable unit, how they landed in Vogue and on the Magnolia Network, and so much more. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Stephanie. All right, Stephanie, we are live. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm excited for this conversation. We have prevailed in spite of sick children and canceled daycare, but we are, we're, we're, we're making it through. We're making it happen. And I, I'm just thrilled to hear your story first and foremost, and then, of course, the story behind North Country Cabin Company. So I like to ask questions, lots of questions when I interview folks. And one of my favorite sort of like kickoff questions is to ask people what they were like when they were younger, like what they dreamed about being when they were when they were a child. So my question for you, Stephanie, is if someone were to have come up to you as a 10 year old and say, like, Stephanie, what do you what do you want to do with your life? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what what would you have said? I probably would have said that I wanted to be an artist. (laughs) Okay, and any any specific type of artist? I mean, if I was 10, no, but, (laughs) um, I just, I always loved to like paint and do crafts and my grandma would do a lot of crafts with me when I was younger. Um, she was kind of, she had an interior design degree and she is kind of someone who really shaped me. So, um, that's just what I've always loved. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, and, and look at where, what you're doing today. A lot of what it takes to build a cool hospitality brand requires great design. So uh, it seems like your your grandma instilled at least a little bit of that in you. Yeah, she definitely was. Yeah, a big role in my life. So 
So I want to hear the story behind the the founding of North Country Cabin Company. So take us back to to the very beginning. Like what are the steps that preceded you 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 building this really really cool brand? Like what were you doing? Had you thought about Airbnb before? Like what were the events that led up to the launch of your company? Yeah. So it's kind of like how far do I go back? Um I probably wouldn't have been here without my husband, Eric. So I need to attribute some of the credit to him. (laughs) He is just an entrepreneur. He's crazy. You know, anyone that knows him, he's just always doing something wild. Um, Currently, he's picking up a hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's what he's doing today. Um, So, okay. So now I lost my train of thought. So back to the beginning. He, right out of college, he really wanted to do... um, long-term rental properties. He um, had a finance degree and he uh, just kind of had a plan for himself. Yeah. He, you know, knew his landlord um, in the house that he was renting in college. Um, and he kind of got to be buddies with him, was like renting garages from him because um, he was buying and selling jet skis at the time. Again, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we bought, or he bought uh, the first house, right? right out of college. Um, and then I just loved it. I was like, you know, digging into like cleaning the bathroom and like fixing it up and like making it look cute and stuff. So I realized I really liked to do that stuff too. And just like get my hands dirty. So we kind of like fixed it up together. Um, and then that kind of like, we did that for a lot of years. We would live in it and fix it up. Yeah. Um, Um, so we kind of built a portfolio of, of those kind of properties. And then I just one day listened to like a real estate podcast and I was like, it was about short-term rentals. And I was like, this is something I can get excited about. I just wanted to like find a vacation spot um, that I wanted to go. And then I'm like, it could be paid for and we could enjoy it and other people could enjoy it. Um, And he was like, no. (laughs) but eventually we bought our first place do you remember like what what his hesitation was was it was and like what what year was this like where where it was were short-term rentals really taken off or no so this was 2015 okay so yeah this was early this is like airbnb is like barely like a household name at this juncture yes we were very much more on vrbo at the time okay um like we didn't have direct book. It was, yeah, it was not out there. So I thought I was a genius. <laughs> so you have this idea. You're like, hey, short-term rentals. It's going to be this big yeah. thing. You were listening to some real estate podcasts. You you approach your husband, and uh, and he's like, uh, no, this is dumb. Like this is this this is too risky. Like what what, what was his biggest hesitation? Was it like the seasonality of it, or, or like what was his primary concern? I think he was just like that's wild. Like what we're doing is working. And like, he hadn't really heard about, I mean, nobody really did that yet. Like, I don't think he rented a place like people, it was more, it was becoming a thing, but it wasn't what it is now. So I think if I said it now, it'd be like, Oh yeah. Like a lot of people get it. Um, but at the time he just, you know, it was, it was a crazy idea. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a crazy idea at the time. Right. And it's funny, it's funny now being in, you know, 2024, nine years later, 
and uh, and it, it's it's it it would be crazy for people not to be considering this if they were interested in in real estate investing of, of any kind. I, I mean, maybe maybe you know maybe today at this exact present moment in time, people might be feeling a little bit different, and um, and maybe that longer term asset is looking a little bit more attractive. But right over the last few years, for sure, right? I mean, talk about just how how rapidly the this category of 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 asset has has exploded, and you guys were were early early on. So, so what you have this idea, you pitched it to him at first. He says, no, what, what, at what point do you convince him that this is at least worth trying? I think it was like at least a year later. And so I have, um, like a family friend that has a cabin or multiple cabins. They have like a family compound thing, um, in the area that we ended up buying. And Eric got to, Eric's my husband, he got to go there with us um, and spend some time at these cabins. And I think, you know, we kind of started just like driving around being like, we really like this. This is really fun. Um, you know, it was just us at the time and, yeah. and our dogs and life was easy. And, and we, um, yeah, he just kind of started to be like, okay, this is really cool. I think he still wasn't convinced like that we could, make it sort of a business, um, at the time, but we ran some numbers and we were like, Hey, if we get something cheap and, and like really simple, like worst case scenario, you know, we were dual income, no kids. <laughs> we were like, we can make it work for a while and enjoy it and fix it up. And, and, um, so we, we kind of were on that train. Like if it doesn't work, we'll get to keep it for a little bit, I think. And then we can always sell it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and it worked. So, so what, t talk to us, talk to us about like, so, so what happened? Like you guys, you fix it up, you, you list it on, on Verbo at the time. And then at what point do you realize, wow, like there, there's a real business here. Like there, there's something special about building what we're building. Yeah. So I just need to go back for a minute Please. because, because I'm like, we didn't just like buy a cabin and then we like rented it out. Um, we drove around probably for know, days, weeks, just driving around Northwest Wisconsin. It was actually really fun. Like just go, going and looking at cabins is super fun, yeah. right? <laughs> Nothing better. And you don't even need to see the inside because once you drive up, <clears throat> it's kind of like a yes or no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, okay. So we spent so much time. And then we finally get to this one property. We drive in, it's like this tiny gravel road and we, we drive up to it. It's got some land on it. It's in like this sort of like crevice area. Um, it's right on the lake. And we drove in and I was like, yes, like, yes. And obviously it's a sunny day and it's beautiful out. So that helped. Um, but we've seen like probably a hundred places at this point And I just knew it. And Eric is like the functional person. And he's like, Steph, this place doesn't have a bathroom or a well or running water or electricity. Like, like I get that you like it, but like, no, we can't, we don't know, you know, we can't do that. And I was like, this is it. I'm sorry. Like this has to happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it took some convincing. And actually we had a friend of ours that was going in on it at the time. So I went out of town and went on a vacation. The two of them got together, got beers. And eventually decided like, oh, screw it. Like, we'll try it. Um, and so I was like, 
signing a purchase agreement on my vacation and it was wild but um we decided to go into it we had to like drill the well we have no idea what we're doing it's like on solar power we're like using candles <laughs> <laughs> we were there every weekend um like framing in a bathroom doing all the things learning as we went so I don't even remember what your question was, but I felt like I needed to. No, that's incredible, incredible context, right? Like you, you guys really were, you were scoping out the field, right? Trying to figure out, okay, where could we do this? Can we do this? How could we do this? Which is, you know, which is a journey that so many people walk through as they, as they get into the space. Now, what's different about what you guys have done since, right? Is you built out this, this portfolio of, of, of homes. And if my, if my research serves me correctly, you guys have done some like renovations, right? And then you've also got some like ground up builds now at this juncture. And I want to hear a little bit about how those have performed. Cause you know, a lot of folks come on the show who, and a lot of folks who listen to the show have done like ground up builds. They might be building really unique stays. Right. Uh, and then of course we've got plenty of folks who are just getting into it and they're buying that old you know uh cabin without a well and they're going and you know putting in the grunt work to turn this into a, a beautiful like instagram worthy escape right and so i, I want to hear a little bit about like how now that you're a few cabins in like how, how are things performing and talk to just talk to us a little bit about like any differences in in terms of performance or things that you you guys have even just noted about what's easier to do, whether it's a, a renovation of a, you know, dilapidated cabin or sort of a, a, a ground up build. Okay. Yeah. What a tricky question. Um, kind of like our experience is really with renovating. Yeah. Um, that's what we've always been doing. We, you know, we started on like 1900s homes. So like nothing can be more imperfect <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, you just really don't know what you're getting into. Um, so that's just something that we're more used to. Um, and I, I mean, I think in almost any scenario, like that's quicker. Like if you have a structure and you're starting there, it can be really slow going to start a build from scratch and yeah. get the pieces together. Um, that being said, the build was so much fun. Um, and really cool cause you could decide everything and yeah, super fun. So So I was talking to a few of the largest operators in the Airbnb and boutique hotel space recently, and these folks were sharing just how difficult it is to find a great generalist assistant. Someone who can manage guest communications, sure, but also someone who can schedule cleaners, call the handyman when the garage light goes out, and help with the occasional email marketing campaign to pass guests. Automated messaging is great to a point, but still has its limits. And let's be honest, the AI tools just aren't where they need to be yet to handle that laundry list of questions that Karen just asked about whether your pots and pans have Teflon or not. Finding this support can be tough, and it can also be expensive, if, if not both. And that's why my friend Tanner started Valcove Hospitality. Valcove Hospitality enables you to have a dedicated assistant available 24-7 who can help with everything from email comms to responding to Karen. And they make all of this possible at a fraction of the cost of what it would cost you to hire a full-time employee. Whether you're managing 10 properties or scaling up to 150, Valcove's experienced team is ready to help you streamline your operations. Say goodbye to the endless cycle of hiring and training staff and say hello to seamless efficiency. With flexible partnerships, 
tailored to your needs. Valkov offers 24-7 report or a custom schedule that fits your business. And with a straightforward hourly rate of just $9.95 an hour for your entire portfolio, you always know what to expect on your bill. No surprises, just dependable, truly transparent service. Building a hospitality brand has never been more difficult, um, but it's even harder these days, right? You need, to t- you need to spend your time on the aspects of your business that matter most, not the ones that take the most amount of your time. The team at Valcove is offering Behind the Stays listeners like you an exclusive offer. Use the code Behind the Stays 50, that's Behind the Stays 50, 50, to get 50% off your first month with Valcove Hospitality. Experience the difference in the first two weeks and see how Valcove can transform your business, giving you the freedom and peace of mind that you deserve and the ability to finally pursue that next big idea that you've been sitting on. Valcove Hospitality, your 24 7 assistant at a price that just freaking really makes sense, guys. Visit ValcoveHospitality.com or go ahead and click the link in the show notes. And remember to use the code Behind the Stays 50, that's Behind the Stays 50 at checkout. Learn more at ValcoveHospitality.com. In terms of like how how they've performed like from a business perspective, like is there any sort of like because because I think one of the one of the big questions right that a lot of folks have is like especially today is if you're getting into short term rentals, do you have to build something like really beautiful and like really unique and something from the ground up, or can you still like buy that like older cabin and you know put some sweat equity into it and turn it into into a real business? So. Like what, what have you guys learned, um, from, from a business perspective about like what works and, and, and what doesn't and, and why, because you, you do have experience now doing both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I mean, I'm biased, but like good design, wherever it is in a new build or in a renovation is what makes it work. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of like, because that's what I do. So maybe I'm biased, but I think it's just so important for the design to be well thought out and like sweat equity is great, but like getting it all to flow together and making it cohesive and making it just like, look like you said, you know, Instagrammable, um, I think is really important. You know, the photos are, are what sells people on the experience, um, so I think both can really work, but I definitely don't think that you need to build new. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much in these older cabins and, and places that can be fixed up. And I really believe in that, like, you know, saving what's here and fixing it up and bringing it up to um, what people want now. So as far as a business perspective, it's, it's really tough because like finance wise, you know, interest rates, things have changed over time. Yeah. So we bought something is kind of a big, um, you know, that really determines how, how well it performs as far as like our debt surface and all that boring stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I don't know that there's like a huge difference between like the, the brand new build that is like super Instagram worthy and like, you know, we did everything perfect. Um, and the ones we've renovated as far as what performs better. Yeah. Um, all of our cabins have stuff in common. Like they're all on lakes They're, you know, we try to like give amenities and, um, you know, let people have kayaks and all that kind of stuff. Um, I kind of think it, it, you can't please everyone. So yeah. it's like, what is somebody looking for? Is, are they looking for something with a little more like character? Um, and that like warm, cozy feel, or are they looking for something brand new and modern? So I, I think 
whatever you're doing, go for it, go for that style and, you know, find something that maybe you love, um, and really lean into that style and, and people will resonate with it. Yeah. I think. Do you think, um, the guest, like, I think what you're hitting on too a little bit is like the guest persona or like the guest avatar is a little bit different, right? Like you've got some people that do like, regardless of what they can or want to pay for a vacation, right? They, they do want the more like nostalgic cabin, right? Versus, you know, the, (laughs) like someone like me, right? Like I, I'm all, I'm all about like the new modern stuff. Right. And like, that's just, that's how I prefer to travel. Right. Um, and, and and so uh, obviously it seems like the, the guest avatar might be a little bit different here, but do you guys, as you've been in it for, for, you know, years now, in terms of sort of like if if you had to from like just a business perspective like bet on hey we're gonna go buy like five dilapidated cabins re rehab them bring them to to new life build like cohesive design as you all know how to do very well uh or or five new builds right like what what would you bet on like right now in terms of like you know assuming all everything that we know about like current market conditions right like what if you're looking out over the next few years where uh what what bet would you make the five old or 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 the five new that's that's so hard i'm putting you on the spot i know (laughs) i would buy the old ones um i don't know that that's like the best business advice yeah or not but okay so here's why yeah tell me Um, why okay Like the how, how are you going to build five new cabins? And, you know, it depends. Are they, is it zoned for that? Um, Is this going to be a resort? How the heck do you get the zoning for that? How does the county feel about it? How does the city feel about it? Um, Finding the contractors where you want to be. Like you're really starting from scratch and that is a huge undertaking. And yeah, the, the zoning, all that stuff is really complicated um, and really is like a make or break. You can't get past some of the things, you know. So if you have something that's a little bit more set up, like say it was five cabin resort, that's already a resort. It's yeah. already zoned. You've got like a major head start. Um, and that's not to say that you can't do all the other things. People do it. I just, yeah, it's like a jump. It's a big jump start for me. Yeah. And no, I mean, I mean, that makes sense. And I, I think that that's sound advice, right? It's like, it really, I, I guess the bigger question to ask yourself is like, how, how quickly are you interested in getting up and running here? Right? Like, is it can you afford to wait three, four years to like, you know, see all this come to life? Or do you need to start like making a little bit of cash money, like in 12 months, right? Like, like, what, what is your, your kind of like roadmap? And that I think would be would be an indicator of like the path that would make you know the most sense for you but but you're right right like some people like a lot of people go into this thinking hey let's just let's just go buy like a really cool like den design and we'll find like a builder and you know and that's that right and you know while den's amazing and a great product and i love them like the people that are actually bringing this to life like it it is harder like is it zoned correctly like not you can't just build like an a-frame resort overnight right like these things are complicated they are hard whereas assuming you had like you know the capital you can actually buy right five cabins overnight um and 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 that like again is is i think just a helpful place for uh, everyone wants to build or a lot of people want to build new because it's like no like this is like my brand and i want to i've got this vision for like this like you know distributed hotel and all this fun stuff and that's great right yeah but 
unless you're willing to be really patient and have the resources to be patient, maybe your first step or even that second step is looks a little bit more like what you were saying of finding existing properties, acquiring that, and then bringing your brand into that context. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we did. So we did the, the first one, which was like a tiny little rustic place. And then we did a second cabin and then we thought, okay, we're going to try to build. Yeah. Uh, because we found this lot that was right down the street from our other one. And we were like, well, we have to buy it. So, <laughs> so yeah. we had a lot of experience with short-term rentals in general. Um, and that we were able to get up and running relatively quickly. Um, not so much with the first one, I guess, but you know, we knew what we were doing on that end. And then we, then we dug into building, which is a whole other thing to learn about. Yeah. So. From your, from a design perspective, right? Like as somebody who, right, has clearly has like a, a good eye and you've got like, you know, strong crit design critique. Was it easier for you to sort of like imagine the ground up build or is it easier for you to like walk into that old cabin and then be immediately be like, we're going to knock down that wall. We're going to put this here. We're going to add a window here. Like which, which like approach is like easier. And then which one do you enjoy more? Hmm. Um, you know, I'm not great at, at envisioning something from the ground up. That was a skill that, um, I think I could develop or a yeah. lot of people could develop, but like, that was very different. Yeah. I was very much, much more used to just walking into a place and seeing, I can see exactly what I want it to be when I walk in. Generally, I look at the bones, I look at the spaces, um, and, and then I just kind of envision what it's going to be. Um, so the ground up build was tricky, but I will say we had this vision for a really long time. Um, Eric and I had been like napkin sketching forever, like this little slant roof thing, which ended up being bigger than we intended. But um, that's just like, we just knew what it was going to be um, roughly, very roughly. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm like the total opposite. Not that like I've ever actually like designed anything interesting or cool, but like for me, I, I hear I hear people come on this show and just like I hear amazing designers all the time talking about how like they can walk into a space and they just know like, oh, we're going to do that and this and that. And I'm like, I walk into the same space. And I'm like, how do you see that? Right. Like I, I can. What do you mean a wall is going to go there? Or a window is going to go there? It's just like my, my brain works completely opposite. Whereas like if it was like, hey, let's brainstorm what it could look like yeah. to bring this like glass yeah. cabin to life, like you know, let's go. Right. I, I, I can do that with you. I can ideate that all day, but there must be just something like wrong with my brain about like when you step into a context, that's already been like built it, yeah. like redoing it doesn't feel like it doesn't make sense. I've got too many questions. Uh, <laughs> you know? I don't know. That's just how my mind works. Yeah. I mean, I, th I don't think it's like a natural for most people. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> developed over time for me too because yeah. so many spaces. So. so you guys end up getting featured in in Vogue and, and and the Magnolia Network. Can you tell us like the story there? Like what how does that happen? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Like that is the most honest answer. I I remember I was like laying in bed like about to go to sleep and someone like direct messaged us and we didn't have a big Instagram presence or anything at the time. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, saw you in Vogue, like, congrats. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this person's crazy. And then I like looked 
I was like, can you tell me what you're talking about? Um, by chance, like, <laughs> sends me the article. And I was like, Eric, like, <laughs> our cabin is in the Vogue article right now. And he was like, you know, we're both like half asleep. Yeah. You know, we didn't go to sleep for a long time, but we were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I don't know how they found it. Like, they didn't reach out or anything. Um, I didn't reach out to them. Like, it wasn't like a paid anything. I don't know. It just, it just happened. Stumbled. Yeah. And I think like, um, with a couple articles that we were in, they were like, Oh, we, we just search Airbnb and like find cool places. And, um, and then we'll feature you. And I was like, I guess that's what happened. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then Julia was, uh, just, they, they reached out via Airbnb. Um, and she was kind of like, we're doing the show and like, we want to feature you. And you're always kind of like, this was like, it's just legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it seemed, yeah, she like gave me some context and gave me some context. So I knew that it was a real thing. And then I was like, okay, yeah, like, I hope this is a real thing. It sounds like they're going to pay us for the shoot. And we were super pumped about it. And, um, they came just for like a day and they shot it and I got to be there. And I was like, <laughs> <tantrum> <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so what 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 show was it a part of um it's called design defined it's okay. like a Magnolia show so okay. it'll be a scandinavian episode okay amazing we'll have to see if we can link that in the show notes so if anyone's interested in, in checking it out they can that's that's awesome last minute cancellations suck and that's why we built ping ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite airbnbs become available Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. One of the things that's really cool that's happening is, you know, you incredible entrepreneurs who are building these wonderful spaces, like people are wanting to feature them in, in a variety of contexts. Like now, like there's like this new growing inventory of folks who are like looking to just shoot in cool places and like they want to shoot in Airbnbs. Right. And, you know, yeah. pure space has been around for, for a while, but like still the idea that like you could actually do a shoot as, as you know, the creator economy continues to take off. Like literally, like I, I just booked like two different spaces, uh, via, via peer space for upcoming shoots that I'm doing. And it's like, it's crazy. It's like, I mean, it's freaking expensive and I hate it, but it's like, well, I want to shoot in a cool place. Right. And it, it's just interesting to see like this, this is another major like revenue stream for folks who, who want to take advantage of it. And I think like if, if your goal, right, is to really build a portfolio that performs and operates like a really cool business, thinking through, hey, you can justify 
great design and you can justify spending yeah. more on on these amenities especially yeah. if like there's a chance yeah you might you might want to be a place where people want to come shoot their next tv series or like shoot an interview or something like that it's it's a it's really cool to see how much opportunity can come from just creating beautiful spaces okay so you're opening my brain right now i'm like wait what i need to do more of this <laughs> you, you should I, yeah. I, i've thought it in the past but i've never really looked into that so we might need to talk more about this if you're open to it yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. Well, one one thing I'll say on that too is like one of the hard things about a lot of peer spaces, because a lot of peer space, um, and for those who don't know, peer space is like it's just a booking platform where you can like book out space by the hour and you can use it for you can use it for like parties and events or whatever you want. Okay. A lot of people use it for like video shoots or or you know, just even like photography shoots. Like you can rent out someone's like ridiculously beautiful like chef's kitchen if you're doing like a food docu-series or like you know uh, some some big influencers like some big like you know tiktokers they'll just go and they'll rent out space so that you think they are living a really cool crazy life but it's really somebody else's home that they're paying 300 an hour to shoot in or whatever right like so that that's that that's what peer space is but one of one of my gripes and i've talked to some others about this is some of the content you know when we go out for a shoot to if we're if we're shooting a home or, or whatever um we like we go and we book on peer space but then we then we also have to go like book a hotel or a place to actually stay my thing is like there aren't enough airbnbs that will like let you shoot there and then also just let you stay the night so that i i'm willing to pay more like i'm literally willing to pay you more for your nightly rate if I can also shoot there. But the way that a lot of these things work, it's like either Airbnb hosts are like, no, you can't shoot here. And then the pure space people are like, well, like you can't stay here. And I'm like, come on, like there's gotta be, there's gotta be some like middle ground. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm missing out because I've always just been like, sure, I don't care. You shoot here. <laughs> you, 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 you could be making a premium. Um, <laughs> you, you, you just even just like, you just like say, yeah, it's gonna be an additional like couple hundred bucks or whatever. People will pay that because, because it's way cheaper. It's way cheaper, right? And like you're talking to somebody who does this, like it's way cheaper than having to go and like buy or, or like, or not buy but like rent another space it's yeah. so expensive to rent space right and yeah. the spaces that you are available to rent aren't nearly as cool as like your cabins right so like yeah. anyways <laughs> unsolicited advice get on this <laughs> this is my brain is spinning on this now and I'll, i just want to ask you all about it <laughs> oh gosh well uh i have a couple of final questions for, for you Stephanie. one is just around like what what have you guys learned along the way like is there is there a lesson or two that you're like okay, you know, if I were to, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, I want to go do something like you guys have done at North Country Cabin Company, what advice would you impart upon them? Mm, so many things. Um, I've actually talked to, you know, a few friends about it and just like the things that you don't think about. Um, people are kind of like, it sounds awesome. You buy a place, someone else pays for it. And that's totally true. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of management in short term. Um, so like, are you going to manage it yourself? Are you going to hire someone to manage it? Um, it's like day to day interactions, you know, like it's not like you set it up and it's, if, if you're managing yourself, there's a yeah. lot of management that goes into it. There's a lot of guest interaction. Um, there's just a lot of, so, so on that note, there's a lot of tools that you can use. Um, a lot of different software and things like that. So look into that. 
that avenue. Um, get yourself set up so you've got automated messaging, um, checking in the you know the morning after they get there, all of that kind of stuff. And then really do the research to set it up well physically. Um, you know, have like your extra sets of sheets and your toiletries and all the things that you're going to provide. Get it all stocked. Get get it all set up to go. Have extras of wine glasses and coffee mugs. Those always break. Um, things like that, and and just be like, you know, set up well to make it run smoothly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said. It, and then in terms of like what's next for for you guys, so you've got you know these these cabins that are and it's it's five in total. Is it four or five in total? Uh, we have four cabins. You have four cameras right now. So, so what, like, what's next? Are we like, Hey, let's, you know, optimize, you know, the portfolio that we have right now. Are you guys looking at your, your next acquisition already? Like what's, what's the you know next couple of years look like for, for the business? Mm-hmm. I thought you would ask that. And I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, I've never predicted where we've gone in the past, so I don't, I'm not going to say for sure what's going to happen right now. Um, we're focused on like optimizing what we had, like you said, yeah. Yeah. um, we have an awesome social media girl that helps us that she's also a neighbor or friend. She lives down the street. So she's kind of helping us figure out like, what do people want in yeah. these places? Um, and like my goal is like a hundred percent occupancy, you know, like, what is going to make people book? Obviously, we, we sell out the summers. Summers yep. are beautiful here. Um, fall is beautiful. Um, currently, winter is, is beautiful. But usually, it's cold and, and miserable. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, <laughs> a lot of people like it. I'm just not a winter person. <laughs> um, and so, I'm like, what, what can make winter appealing out there? You know, like right now, we're adding hot tubs, like I mentioned, um, saunas what can make people want to go all year round um, and get out of their house? It, it just gets, we get like, you know, cabin fever, which is the opposite, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it, like we just get sick of being inside. We get sick of being in the same place. Um, and outside of going somewhere warm, what can make them want to come visit? So yeah. yeah, I'm really focused on optimizing right now. Like let's make this as smooth as possible. Like I just mentioned setting it up have extras of everything, have it just ready to go, have all of our guest interactions flow really easily, um, ask for feedback, you know, all of that can go really smoothly if you have it set up right most of the time. And then, um, and what can we add? Like, how can we like pimp these places out? Yeah. And, like so cool and fun. And um, so that's what we're really focused on. We have two little kids, so we're adding all kinds of kid friendly stuff. Um, learning as we go what we need and what they would enjoy there too. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, this is a season too where, you know, I think there's a temptation as you're building a business and a portfolio of like, you know, more is always better. Right. And, and bigger, bigger is better. And I, I do think like there's, there's so much to be said for like really optimizing for, for what you have, nailing it, making yeah. sure that you've done you've literally done everything you possibly can within your power to get to that occupancy rate that you, that you yeah. desire to be at. Yeah. And, and, and then when you start thinking through that, you realize, Oh, there's so much more we can do here. Like there's so like kid amenities, like who, yeah. who to thunk. Right. Um, so I, I, 
I think that that's a it's a really 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 smart play. Um, well, Stephanie, this is this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of your story with us. For folks tuning in, if you want to follow Stephanie and North Country Cabin Company in uh, on Instagram, I'll have links to the, their uh, Instagram uh, handle in the show notes below, as well as links to their booking site, so you can go and check out their stays. And if you are in the area. And you are looking for a beautiful, incredible bespoke cabin to stay in. Be sure to consider one of their listings. Stephanie, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. It was great. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn at Zach Boozy Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote-unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.